0: tried
1: the uh, arc browser at all on mac yeah actually have um just been hearing was a, a pain lot of in the ass to hearing a lot of hype yeah, about it i tried it like i don't know some point last year um it was a pain in the ass to like get all my stuff moved over like it didn't all just um import from firefox mm-hmm. apparently if i was on chrome it would have been like a one click thing but
0: so you didn't stick with it
1: i did not
0: no um it sounds cool what they're doing, in theory, in terms of, like, the actual, like, the search
1: aspect of it.
0: Because we've talked about how borderline unusable Google has become. Yeah. Um, not unusable, but just really...
1: No, it, it kind of is.
0: It, it is, like, deteriorating. And um, I like the fact that, like, you know, we, we've we also talked about the, the, sh- the problems, uh, you know, with AI, but... I like the fact that when you do look something up on here, um, they, I guess, cite their sources, mm-hmm. right? They call it like keeping the AI in, in check because it lies a lot. So they, they make sure that the AI cites all the sources that it pulls from.
1: So so I used it like before they had search, like their own search. And before they did this AI thing, like I heard about the AI thing, cause like they, they announced some kind of AI thing like. Last week, right, or is it the week before? So something recent. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, you're doing an AI thing. Okay, whatever. Um, so yeah, I I used it way before all of that. Whenever it was just like a different take on a browser, which just meant that everything was over on the side instead of up top. <laughs>
0: oh, okay. Because it sounds like their <laughs> their ambitions are a little bit um, larger now in terms of right. what they want a, a a web browser to to be.
1: Sure, but I also think it's uh they're going to need a way to make money because as of right now i don't think they have any kind of way to make money mm-hmm. like cuz it's a free product uh they're not currently selling advertising i don't think so like i guess if you have your own search engine that is then the vehicle for monetization i'm not sure i don't really know what their whole end game is and you, and
0: you think monetizing their search engine would just like compromise it
1: it, yeah, it eventually turns it back into Google, right? Like if, right. You, if you if you if you read about like because I I do read about like how these search engines are now just like doomed to recursive failure, and so if you read the paper, like this is now the famous quote that gets circulated around now about what was it Sergey whatever his name and then the other Google guy, the paper that they wrote that was sort of like the thesis of Google was they said that advertising would basically ruin it and taint the results it's at odds with organic search mm-hmm. and then we look and see what happens and now we have just ai thrown into the mix just churning out like it's not it's not ai search it's ai uh quote-unquote creation that is just chumming the waters of dreck so what i did was i stopped using google i stopped using duck.go because duck.go was facing the same issues as google is They're all basically doing the exact same thing. I switched to Kagi.
0: Okay, never heard of it.
1: Right. And so they're not uh, supported by advertised search. It's a subscription search. So you got to pay to use it, which sounds stupid to pay for a search engine until you try it. And then you realize that the results are way better than what you've been getting for the last few years. And you're actually finding shit that you need. Interesting. And so then it's like, as somebody that sits at a computer all day looking shit up, I was like, yeah, I'll pay a hundred bucks a year.
0: It's like a Netflix. Well, no, it's not even a Netflix because Netflix is like 20 bucks a month now, but it's, it's like a, it's like just like a, any other subscription service it's in that ballpark.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For me, this is like Google drive storage or something, just like cost of doing business or whatever. It's like, it has like a, you can do, um. I think it's like a hundred free searches a week or whatever through them. And this is obviously not an ad. They're not paying me <laughs> or anything I wish. Uh, but like I quickly burned through that in a couple days just because of how much shit I search. Mm-hmm. And so and I was getting good quality results just because it's not they're not elevating the paid for shit. They're not elevating the the shopping links. They're not elevating the SEO AI spam. And of course, they're also a tech company. They have some kind of GPT bullshit, but like it's not integrated into the search. It's a separate product mm-hmm. that you could pay for access to. And so like I have no interest in that, so I'm not paying for that. I'm just paying access to this really good search engine.
0: That's cool. What is it supported yeah. on? Is it a, just a desktop thing?
1: Yeah, like you basically like just go into your browser and tell it what default search you want. And then you've got to put in... uh the URL and then you'll go to like, you know how you used to have to type in google.com yes. and it would bring you to the page. Yes. And so you'll go there and then you sign in with your account that you, you know, you paid through and then right there you go. You're all set. And it works on mobile too. You do the same exact thing on mobile. Huh. So, and then that way it works in whatever browser you use anyway. So yeah, you're also not locked in to any of that shit. So I, I've been pretty happy with it so far and you know, I mean, like maybe the other search engines have turned it around in the last couple months, but I I sincerely doubt it. I can only imagine it's gotten worse. But um, because like I think I mentioned this before, I found that um uh, search engine that was pulling like specifically looking for uh sites that were like using outdated HTML and were using uh were, or like were basically old on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it uses uh. That search engine as just one of its databases, for example, just as a combined sort of effort, in addition to whatever algorithm they got going on, um, just as a way to sort of like deprioritize the gunk that is plaguing all the other search engines. So,
0: okay, okay so the I, I started off asking about an AI related thing, and it turns out the the real solution is is pretty much the opposite.
1: I mean, I think it is, Mm -hmm. right? Because my idea of using the internet, and I guess it's just the way that we grew up on it, and at least the way I grew up on it, was that you would sit down at the computer and you wanted to find out something. You wanted to sort of figure that out on your own. I didn't necessarily want to be spoon-fed the answer. I wanted to find out something and maybe discover something more about whatever the fuck. And... If you have an AI do that, even if it cites its sources and even if it is completely correct and it just spits an answer out at you, you might just like get conditioned to the convenience of that, that you're just satisfied with that. And then you're, you know, you're done. You got your answer and you're, you're fine. Yeah. Maybe that's too cynical. Well,
0: it's, it's something that they're, um, featuring as a, um, as a perk, right? Not have like taking away any sort of, um, basically any obstacles to getting that answer. Like you don't have to do any of it on your own.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah, But then you're also,
0: you're also just taking what you're given at face value then.
1: It's, we've moved away from the idea of, you know, surfing the world wide web Mm -hmm. or sort of like exploring and seeing what the hell was out there finding some shit you know now it's just get the
0: solution as frictionless and as quickly and in as few steps as possible
1: and also don't leave whatever our service whatever our service is that too yeah so take google so google's ai is going to give you the answer don't click on any of these other websites because Google's going to give you the answer. Right, because
0: originally Google was just the place you went to go somewhere else. Right. But that's, right. now you are they're keeping you there.
1: Yeah, and so now they're just, Bing's doing the same fucking thing. GPT, Bing is just using GPT. It's all the same shit. But like, all these different little walled gardens are just trying to design to keep you in their own shit. So you're dependent on whatever their shit is. Because that's the only way they're going to, see any kind of return on this because i was talking to my dad about this a few weeks ago i was like spending all of this money on ai and what is essentially just like prettied up versions of siri and alexa Mm -hmm. siri and alexa that can construct sentences like can construct answers that more accurately resemble sentences that's how i'll say that um (laughs) but that it's the same it's the same principle you're asking it a question and it's spitting back out an answer and that's still the exact same thing that we've had since i don't know how long have th- those stupid ai assistants been around
0: yeah and and the the pitch for arc specifically started to lose me when they said that um their ai can think
1: yes yeah, it's all horseshit that's, that's all it's horseshit.
0: nonsense yeah it, it is it's it's like an illusion basically
1: yeah like they didn't Whenever I last used it, they didn't work out the fact that you would need uh, the same extensions for your different profiles. So like one of their big selling points for the browser was the fact that you would have like they didn't necessarily call them profiles, but that's basically what they were like different profiles for different modes of using the web. So you could have an at home one, a work one, a play one or whatever the hell you know you wanted. You would they would be tailored for whatever you would need. So like I started making one, here's my podcast, here's all the different uh, usual tabs I would use whenever I'm researching the podcast or editing the podcast, all this kinds of different stuff. And so then here's the extent, like I was, you know, setting up and making all my, uh, you know, extensions and everything that I would need for my browser. And then whenever I went to do the one for my like publishing profile, you know, I had to set up all of that again. I was like, well, this sucks. Like, I just did all that. The browsers should have access to those extensions. Mm -hmm. And yeah, of course, it was sort of like a permissions issue because you maybe you wouldn't necessarily use all the exact same extensions you would for your work that you would for your home, you know, and different accounts. But like, at the same time, I should be in control of that. And I wasn't. I just had to keep doing the same exact thing over and over again, just trying to set up a workflow. And it was like, well, I can just go back to Firefox where I, I have all this set up anyway. And like the only real benefit was, I don't know, like finger swipes on MacBook to like change the profiles. (laughs) Like that that was really kind of the only upside at the time for me. Yeah. And it looked nice, you know, and for like a second, it was nice to use something that didn't resemble this, the browsers that we've been using for, you know, I guess since old Firefox before Chrome stole all that shit. So I don't know. I, I sort of like that there's more competition in that space. But at the same time, they are just using Chromium, which I don't like, because that's another issue, is the fact that basically every browser is based on Chromium, and so Google has control over it anyway, because, like, there's there's basically three web browser standards, and Chromium is, like, 90% of the market share, mm-hmm. which sucks. So, like, if Google decides that they want to adopt, like, a web standard that the other, uh, like, so, like, Mozilla and Apple, who makes WebKit for Safari, like, they they don't agree with well it's kind of your shit out of luck because we have 90 percent market share and we could just sort of blunt force the way through just because of sheer you know user adoptability but it's also a lot easier because all of those browser extensions from chrome just work on all chromium browsers for the most part so it sucks but like it it is a fucking monopoly but it's also why i use firefox you know Mm -hmm. just to sort of rebel in a tiny way however you can but uh but anyway yeah
0: that wasn't supposed to be part of the show
1: but <laughs> but no it was good it was good uh hey what's up it's dinner show episode 98 it's bill and ian just hanging out on a tuesday night it's tuesday right
0: um you had to make me you made me think there for a second
1: <laughs> yeah i don't know anymore um, we got some interesting stuff. I won't necessarily say fun, but we got some interesting stuff. Tonight. Also 98, I huh? I know. That's, that's weird. Huh? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I got, uh, some more publishing, uh, stuff to talk about tonight. And, uh, I, I don't have a sound drop for this because the other one was too depressing. Uh, but then I couldn't think of anything else. So we don't have, uh, we don't have a sound drop for this segment, Uh, segment I like to call shelved. So... I messaged you about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, I want to talk about the the Hugo Awards sort of fiasco that's that's gone on and that is still basically not resolved, and it might not like we might not get an answer to it, which is nuts. So what basically happened is uh, the Hugo Awards for science fiction and fantasy were held in 2023 in Chengdu, China in October. And the Hugo Awards are were known as very prestigious, you know, you would see uh, if an author won, you know, they would put in their bio Hugo Award winning author. It was it was a big deal, right? Um is it so, fantasy, yeah.
0: sci-fi, that that sort of thing?
1: Fantasy sci-fi. Yeah. 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 And it, I I I'd have to look and see how long it's been going on, but it's it, it's a very long time. Like we're talking like Asimov days you know like yeah since 1953 so like pretty much since the start of like popular science fiction novels at, at, at the very least at least in the west you know what I mean um so this time around they were being held in Chengdu China back in October of last year and usually the way this goes is the awards happen and then not too long after that in uh an act of transparency. The the um, I guess how do you how would you uh, describe the 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 body that uh, puts on the Hugo Awards uh, WorldCon releases the tabulations of the voting for the awards. Mm-hmm. This time they didn't do that until January of 2024, and so that on its own was already weird. What else was weird is that they just uh, decided to make a bunch of the finalists or would be finalists for different awards invalid, and they did not give any explanation. And so the major ones were uh, R.F. Kuang's uh, Babel, which uh, won some other uh, SF awards, and it was sort of expected to be like, if not winning a Hugo at the very least, being in the final sort of round. Um, there was an episode of The Sandman that was up for an award that was also deemed invalid. And then I believe there was a, a fan writer that was also... I want to get the name. I have too many tabs. See, if I was using ARC, I might have been able to... It's true. Um, Iron Widow from uh, zurin J. Zhao, who we uh, might remember from our last time we did this segment, I think. Um, And then there was one other major one, uh, fan writer, Paul, uh, Weimer. Now, what is a fan writer?
0: Is that fan fiction?
1: I'm not quite sure. I'm not sure if it's fan fiction or if they like cover, um, sort of like the industry in that kind of sense. Uh, according to his Twitter page, uh, has a nerds of a feather flock together zine, Hugo, uh, award-winning fanzine covering fantasy, science fiction, video games, comics, so that's what I would imagine. Yeah. So like covering the industry sort of thing. I is see what I mean, what they mean by fan writer. Um, Cause I, I still don't think mainstream writing is at that point where they like are acknowledging fan fiction in that, in sure. that sense. Yeah. But, but you know how it is. Um, so those, I think if those are not all of the uh, sort of invalid nominees, those were the major ones. And so none of them were given, First of all, none of them knew that they were marked as invalid until the the sort of these voting tabulations came out. And then none of them were given any reason why their work was invalidated at all. And there was no sort of like additional announcement that these works were invalidated. It was just sort of included in like this 36 page long PDF of the voting results that I honestly had the the damnedest of time <laughs> even trying to process. It was it was just numbers, <laughs> graphs, charts. I, I I could not wrap my head around it. I was looking to other people that would sort of um, comb through it and sort of give conclusions. So there was uh, lots of inconsistencies in the numbers. The numbers didn't add up. Uh, just lots of lots of strangeness, and these are in the numbers that they released. And again, these had still seeming had nothing to do with why these writers were just invalidated at all. And so this obviously caused an uproar. Um, R.F. Kwong uh, issued a statement on the 22nd of January. uh, And this was over on her Blue Sky page. uh, And she said, I I initially planned to say nothing about Babel's inexplicable disqualification from the Hugo Awards, but I believe that these cases thrive on ambiguities the lingering question marks the answers that aren't answers i wish to clarify that no reason for babel's ineligibility was given to me or my team i did not decline a nomination as no nomination was offered until one is provided that explains why the book was eligible for the nebula and locus awards which it won and not the hugos i assume this was a matter of undesirability rather than ineligibility excluding quote undesirable work is not only embarrassing for all involved parties, but renders the entire process and organization illegitimate. Pity. That's all from me. I have books to write. And uh, yeah, that has been all from her. That is That has been her only statement on the matter. Um, Neil Gaiman, who his one episode of the Sandman Netflix series was disqualified, uh, has not been happy about this. He's been actively looking for answers publicly. Uh, he has unfortunately not gotten any.
0: And he's so high profile. Yeah. Um, like yeah. not even just within the literary community, but in pop culture. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. So he's probably the most famous person who could have been nominated for one of
1: these currently, right. you know? In yeah, in this in this sort of SF bubble. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um and so it's it's weird, especially because the Hugos are known as like The transparent book award Mm -hmm. because they release
0: the votes, the 30 page PDFs. Yeah,
1: that stupid people like me have a hard time understanding, but also maybe they're hard to understand because they're fucked up. But yeah, they're seen as like this is transparent. This is democratic. You know, this is the way that book awards should be done because the way that anybody any, literally anybody can become eligible for voting in the Hugo Awards is you pay a, a membership fee of like $50 and then you are eligible to vote. Essentially, you are part of the uh, like the World Con sort of uh, voting body and you are eligible to vote. And that's basically it. So that means that basically fans are part of the process. When the barrier to entry is that low, like this is not some secretive, you know, jury like unknown jury in a cloaked room, mm-hmm. like deciding the awards. You know, this is not the Academy, even. You know, whenever something like sort of off happens like this, that well, this is more than sort of off. Mm-hmm. But whenever something off happens, you're gonna get a tidal wave of people being like, "Well, what the fuck? Why did I, what did I vote for?" And then you also just have a bunch of authors who you have authors that are disqualified for unknown reasons, unhappy. You have their friends that are unhappy. You have the winners that are unhappy because they're like, well, I don't feel like I really won this, you know? Yeah. It feels tainted. Yeah. And, and winners have come out and said as much. They're like, I, I don't feel like I won. How could I, how could I say that I won when this process has been that screwed up and that there no reason for these disqualifications. They should have been able to proceed through. And so there are there were already issues with the decision to hold the 2023 awards in Chengdu because this would be the first time that the awards would be in China. Uh, And again, part of the process for uh, deciding locations is supposedly democratic. Uh, But again, there was something kind of hinky going on with The voting for the location. So the location for the 2023 awards was down to Chengdu and I believe Winnipeg. And this is from uh, an Esquire piece from Adam Morgan. So this vote took place in 2021 for either Chengdu or Winnipeg. And then there's a quote here. uh, There were concerns that a couple thousand people from China purchased memberships in the World Science Fiction Society, which is the that membership group you could purchase and then have voting privileges Uh, that year to vote for Chengdu. And this is according to Jason Sanford, who was a three-time Hugo finalist. Quote, it was unusual, but it was done under the rules. And so part of this is like that sort of China xenophobia, like kind of creeping in. Mm -hmm. But then also a lot of the time, even whenever there's like online voting for things that involve like Chinese nationalism, they'll they'll spam the votes. They're very good at it. They really are. Like, you'll see this a lot of times in, like, video games and stuff. They're very good at, like, mobilizing votes for things. So, it like, it shouldn't necessarily be surprising that a, a motivated, essentially, fandom group, because this is genre, like, work, genre art, got a, a lot of votes from China.
0: Sure, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, the, the world's most populous nation, for starters, right? Uh, you know, like... It's kind of how that operates. Um, But at the same time, uh, uh, apparently votes for Chengdu were, a lot of them were written in the same handwriting and from the same mailing address. And so people wanted to say that those votes were invalid. And this is just, again, just for the location of the awards themselves. This is before, you know, nominations have even taken place. Right. Um, And here's another quote uh, from... Mary Robinette Cowell. But if you're filling out a ballot in English and you don't speak English, you hand it to a friend who does. And the translation we'd put in could be read as where are you from? Not what is your address? So based on that quote, it sounds more like a a management's misunderstanding of how these votes would not be counted, but take place Mm -hmm. for the location. Um, And apparently a few votes were invalidated, but most were allowed to proceed, uh, and this is Cowell again, China has the largest science fiction reading audience on the planet by several magnitudes, and they are extremely passionate. Like, yeah, so that's not surprising. But again, you see you see this, like, xenophobia just sort of creep in to the whole thing. It's like, well, if it takes place in China, something's, something weird's going to happen, something's going to be, there's going to be corruption, there's going to be this, you know. Um, so, in the absence of answers to what like why these nominees were disqualified everybody's just sort of left to wonder like well why were they disqualified and people go from well you know rf kuang's the babble is about you know uh fictional history and like this sort of potentially the the historical ramifications china might not like that so the government might have gotten involved in this and that you know um she, she writes about other Chinese culture, like just, just like trying to find any kind of reasoning why work could have gotten invalidated. Neil Gaiman saying it's like he he's like even asking like one of the uh convention um, I don't even know what their title would have been, but let me see if I could pull it up the the director of the uh, worldcon intellectual property. there you go. Uh, he was basically asked him on Facebook of all places like, well, what, what was so like offensive about that episode? Was it the fact that the character of death is played by a black person? Like, like what, what, what could have possibly done it, mm-hmm. you know, They're just trying to find anything and just getting stonewalled at every, every possible corner. Um, uh, the, the the fact that uh, Jay Zhao is, is non-binary and, and could that have, you know, upset the Chinese government something like just, just truly, truly any kind of any kind of answer, but th- but it was all it's all speculation. Yeah, all purely speculation
0: to this day, uh, right?
1: To this day, yes. So, WorldCon said that the uh, Chinese government did not get involved, but the and then they, the way they worded it was like in an official capacity or something along those lines. Wow. and the way they worded it made everybody paranoid that then there was some kind of under the table deal or something like that. It's like, oh, well they didn't get involved officially, so it, but they you're, still got you're
0: involved. You're saying it led to even more speculation.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, it did. Great. So on the 31st of January, Worldcon then put out a statement that said, uh, this Dave McCarty guy who was basically kind of getting into it with Neil Gaiman on Facebook. <laughs> uh, he resigned as the director, Kevin Stanley, who was another guy that was kind of just posting publicly, but like on his own forum? It's like it's so hard to follow. Like all of this, like it, it. really was a lot easier when everybody was on Twitter, and so you could just kind of follow these threads. But now it's like it's all screwed up. Um. So he was the chair of the WorldCon board of directors, Uh, and then WorldCon also like censured uh, a bunch of members, including McCarty and Stanley, and that basically just like. It's just like a a verbal punishment, you know, like you did a, you did a bad, you know, Mm -hmm. but like if you, if you're already making them resign, it's like, what does that have? Um, but then after that, there's like, they still didn't say what happened. (laughs) They still didn't say what happened (laughs) with these votes, with these disqualifications, with anything. And the way that the Hugo Awards work is that each year is basically put on by a different team of volunteers. And so next year is Glasgow and that's a di- it's a different team. It's not the same people in charge. But everybody's going to be skeptical of it no matter what. Oh, absolutely. It's tainted now, which is such it's a like, shame,
0: you know, for everyone who will be everyone who was nominated and everyone who will be nominated in the future. Right.
1: Yeah, there's there's just there's just the uh, the complete lack of answers is is frustrating. I think it's just incredibly frustrating for writers in general who like to write endings to their stories. <laughs> it's really, you know? Strikes a particular no nerve, yeah. Yeah, there's no resolution. There's no ending. That's, at least not yet, maybe. But, like, yeah. it's been a month, at least, and there's been nothing. So this this McCarty guy, he went on, uh, like, a... a uh, I don't know if it was just an interview or if it was just released as a podcast or whatever. And he, he basically said that since he was the director, he could make those decisions. He didn't say what decisions he made. He didn't say why he made them. But that's sort of what it boiled down to. And that, you know, he said that he doesn't know why everybody's still so upset. But it's like, this is still nothing. This is still nothing. Like, how, how can you be that obtuse? You did we really didn't think anything like... And if it really is was down to him making the call, like you just not only invalidated tons of people's votes, you invalidated people's work. Mm -hmm. You like it and you didn't tell them you didn't tell them until months afterwards. And you still kind of even didn't.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it's so weird, too, because like, you know, they use the wording disqualified and yet they're not backing that up. So it, it makes me wonder if they're. If they're so set on not giving a um, an actual explanation for this, why did they frame it that way to begin with? Couldn't they easily have just... Like, if they're trying to be secretive about it, couldn't they have just said that these artists and these works didn't make the cut?
1: They could have, but then they released the votes. Oh, true. Yeah, that's true. So they would have they blown through, <laughs> but they released the votes and they didn't doctor them that badly, at least. They just sort of said, yep, invalidated. It's like why? What was so weird? And then you have other people like poking in. There was there was lots of um, like native Chinese work that was nominated, and uh, I, I I can't remember if uh, if anything won actually, but like like just weird anomalies with those votes. Apparently, it's like okay, maybe, but also like this took place in China, so like that's that new audience now that's paying attention to this. Mm-hmm. And so then that's the other thing. It's like. If you wanted to appease this like new audience to these awards, you've now completely like turbo sank anything that might have been gained by having the awards in a new location. So now you've cast doubt on the awards in general, making them seem like this slapdash, corrupt, you know, whatever. The
0: venue for the awards as well.
1: The venue for the awards, right? Then then you're making uh, like invalidating. Uh, the votes of this new voting block that you've you could have potentially acquired like the people that would care about these awards in the future and care about the works in the future or already did care you know these were already passionate uh, science fiction fans but like this is a a new audience that like never had access to this kind of uh, event before and now it's like well you know whatever we're just moving on anyway. So it doesn't matter if we sort of fix the vote or whatever the hell happened, put our thumb on the scale at the very least, for whatever, whatever reason, it it, it just, nobody wins here. Nobody wins. It doesn't make any sense. It's true. It like put some potential, uh, like way to appease the, the Chinese government beforehand when they didn't even necessarily ask for any sort of like. Uh, cultural changes to be made to this event, you know? Like, it's all, it's all just bizarre. It's, I, I, I don't know. And like, yeah, it's, it's (laughs) just no answers, just none. And this guy, like, he resigned, but he gets this just sort of, yeah, I don't see what the problem is, (laughs) you know? See ya, bye. Yeah,
0: so it doesn't (laughs) sound like we're getting answers. I don't think so. At this point. I don't think so.
1: God have mercy on the Glasgow people, because... How do you how do you pull up from that nosedive?
0: Right, because you can look at it as oh, it's a new team, it's it's a fresh year and a fresh start. But most people are not going to be thinking that way. They're going to just look at this, what happened here, and be skeptical and and rightfully so. Yeah. So you're kind of doomed from from the beginning there. Pretty much. Unless, you no, know, I mean you know, unless the new team were to take all those works that were disqualified and put them back in the running for next year.
1: So that's what some people have suggested: is that those works should get another year of eligibility.
0: I mean off the top of my head that's the only way that seems like it would be well fair for one and also get some goodwill back in their direction.
1: Right. But But then it's like that 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 really just does completely well maybe not completely but like really just fucking invalidates yeah it, Chengdu Awards. it
0: does it invalidates last year's and it is an unfair um circumstance for all the upcoming titles that would be having to then compete with works that weren't even released in that year you know in addition to everything that does come out in 2024 right. so it, you know it's not it's not a um a perfect solution but it's the only one that i can just right now think of
1: right but yeah but th- th- that is like in the in the public that has been an idea that's been circulated a lot is i would imagine an extra year of eligibility i don't have know?
0: an original thought in my head so
1: no no like it, it's <laughs> it's it's a rational it's a rational idea yeah you know um but yeah i i, I would love to have a, a <laughs> resolution and wait to end this segment but i don't so
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's <laughs> it's it's just gonna feel it's, uncomfortable
1: yeah it just sort of hangs just sort of hangs here uh um let's talk about my bullshit cool so uh i frequently lose my mind (laughs) sometimes on air
0: sometimes off air sometimes on air
1: yeah yeah no this was definitely uh an off air uh sort of mind break situation um i attempted to put some foam in my keyboard and uh it did not go well (laughs) it didn't go well and it basically took up my entire weekend last weekend Phone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I had I had a keyboard, and over the not holidays, like a piano, I, just like a computer. Keyboard. No, no. Okay, like computer typing. All yeah. Right. So I had a keyboard. I had a I had a very functional <laughs> a very functional keyboard. <laughs> I shouldn't should put that put that up front. I had a very functional keyboard. Just so like a query. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah. Just the standard. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Is it sixty five percent keyboard. And uh, so, but I got some new switches over the holidays. Wait, what does 65% mean? So that refers to the size. So like it doesn't have the numpad and it doesn't have a function row. So it's basically just the letters and the arrow keys. Oh,
0: and I'm assuming at the time it also didn't have foam.
1: It did not have foam. Okay. It did not have foam. Yeah. So I got some new switches over the holidays. And so I I was going to put in the new switches. uh, And then I was also going to, uh, replace the stabilizers <laughs> in the keyboard. Uh, and so I kind of already did that, but I needed to redo it because, uh, my shift key was sticking and my backspace key was sticking a little bit. You're like a, you're much...
0: like a useless mechanic.
1: A little bit, a you little know, bit. just
0: like taking any skill and putting it in the completely wrong thing.
1: Yeah. And so I needed to do that. And then while I was also looking, I was like, well, what, one, what, you know, I was looking up different mods and stuff that I could do to the keyboard and then everywhere I was looking, it was like, well, you got to get this foam (laughs) and not only do you have to get the foam, you got to get the foam from this one guy who sells this foam because he sells it already pre-cut for the keyboard.
0: Now, this is, this is funny. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but this is funny because this is not the first time that you've made a tech purchase that is sold by this one guy. (laughs) not this specific one guy but just one guy in on the internet cuz wasn't there a cable that you needed like last year and it was just this 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 person who like makes oh, the that cables was
1: more, that was more than a cable but yes oh yes.
0: Okay, I'm sorry yeah it was I don't mean to, to reduce it but
1: yeah no that's the guy that makes the KVMs yeah. of
0: course how could I forget
1: yeah yeah so like otherwise if you don't get pre-cut foam you have to you have to cut your own phone. <laughs> so you have to get, like, a big sheet on Amazon or wherever, Home Depot. And you have to cut out each individual key and then also cut out for each individual switch. And I'm, I, like, my hands shake. And I'm not really good at, like, cutting with scissors, <laughs> especially when it's that small. So I was like, okay, great. This is for my exact keyboard. I'll buy it.
0: What's the purpose it's of it though?
1: To make the keyboard sound better.
0: <laughs> oh, it's an, it's, it's an auditory. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't make you yeah. type faster. It doesn't like reduce no. friction. It doesn't. No. Okay. Does it, wait, no. does it take away the typing noise? Does it make it silent?
1: No, it makes it uh, sound deeper.
0: Are you like, I feel like <laughs> this is the equivalent of like putting on a, like, like changing the muffler on your car.
1: It's a little, it's a little closer to like, you know, like in old, uh, I guess old movies or whatever, when a kid would stick a bicycle, uh, 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 a baseball card in his bicycle to make it make the noise. Yes. That's, that's kind of what this is like, but like, you're just kind of chasing after the noise. And so you keep doing shit. That's what this is. Okay. Yeah. So I order the foam. (laughs) I wait a week for the foam to arrive. I worry that the post office loses the foam because... They said that it's all of a sudden coming late and then the tracking stops working. And I'm like, well, shit, I'm gonna have to get a refund on this foam. The foam's not going to show up. Foam shows up and I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to put in this foam because the install looks real easy. It looks real easy because you just got to put it in and then it fits. Uh, and so I put it in, uh, but then I can't get my switches back in. They, they don't they don't fit anymore. And then. I realized that they're bending when I'm putting them in. Like the holes don't line up anymore. And I'm like, well, this fucking su- Like what? Uh, this sucks. And I look and then the keyboard isn't closed all the way. And I'm like, well, I guess I, I didn't screw it in all the way. You know, like I got, really got to tighten this down. I'm like, nope, these screws are going as tight as they'll possibly go. I can't really, you know, clamp this down anymore. It, it won't go. And so then I try to put it together with only the one piece of foam because it was a two piece set. Two pieces of foam. And so then I just try with the one piece and it's doing the same thing. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. There's less, there's less material in there now. How would it not go back together? And
0: I'm assuming this one guy doesn't really have customer service support.
1: You know, I didn't, I, we're not even there yet. Okay. But I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I didn't even try. I just, I just sort of gave up. Yeah. But, uh, so then I'm like, okay, well, this is a bust. Or like, or like, like at that point I didn't have a keyboard and I needed to use my computer. (laughs) So I'm like, well, fuck the foam then. Let me just put my keyboard back together. And so then I go to put it back together sans foam and it won't go back together the right way anymore. There's
0: a parable in here. There's like a very, (laughs) there's, there's a real learning experience to be had,
1: I think. That's why in the show notes I called myself Icarus.
0: Yeah, I didn't catch that but yeah
1: <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah, it's the keyboard is now bent somehow permanently. As far as I can tell, it's just bent in the, in the slightest way. and what that means is that whenever I put the switches back in their spots, they don't touch the circuit board, which means the keys won't work. <laughs> and they're also just ever so slightly misaligned. When I put them in anyway, they bend the pins, which all basically breaks the switches unless I'm able to pull them like back together so they're straight, which is just like bending a piece of metal. And so I'm like, "Well, this fucking sucks. I just broke this keyboard." And I just couldn't get it back together. I'm like, "I well, don't see if my dad can do something. He's always fucking around with PCBs." He doesn't understand what I did. <laughs> he doesn't understand how it can't be bent back together, but he's like, "Yeah, no, it can't." I'm like, yeah, I know. He's like, well, you did it. I'm like, yeah, I know I did it. And then when I tried again with, with the foam, I tried it again without the foam, nothing. And then I'm like basically breaking these switches until they have no pins left. I should mention that the switches I got, so they're five pin switches, but the keyboard only supports three pin switches. And so what I had to do is take off the two extra pins, which are basically little plastic nubs. And so I had to take an X-Acto knife and cut off these two extra plastic pins. I had to do that on 75 switches. That worked out fine, but that was before I did the foam shit. So I ruined all of that work because of the foam. And so I, I broke the keyboard. Is was the long and short of it. So you need a replacement oh. keyboard? Yeah, I had to buy a replacement keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> So then I had to use, like, the Best Buy credit that I had, and I bought a different keyboard because it was the only one that Best Buy had because Best Buy doesn't really sell, like, modable keyboards. They only sell, like, gamery keyboards, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. I, I doubt those have any foam, but I think I think you're beyond foam at this point. Y-
1: yeah, so I I have this keyboard. It's, it's quite nice. I do like it. I had to order some more Switches because I broke a lot of the other ones, but now I have extra Switches. Um, The problem is... <laughs> I think I could really use some foam. <laughs> and I keep thinking, I'm like, well, this keyboard, so the, the, the this key, new keyboard is a 75%. It's, it's, so wi- it well, more, uh,
0: yeah, it has more space, but it's, it I'm sorry, space. but it's wild to me that you're thinking this way because you have not even experienced the phone. I know you never got to a point. It's not like you had the foam and you were reaping the benefits of the foam. And now you can't go back. You never had if the foam was nothing but harmful to you.
1: I I don't necessarily blame the foam is the thing I blame I blame the keyboard because how could it it the craziest thing it's like House of Leaves like it all fits perfectly the foam fit perfectly in the keyboard but then whenever it's together it just like du- didn't it <laughs> it's like inexplicable
0: this is definitely the segment where you make the House of Leaves comparison. <laughs>
1: And so this new one has space. And so so like the manufacturer of this new keyboard, they sell foam. And so I'm like, well, what if I get their foam that comes from them? Not some guy. <laughs> even though, even though for this keyboard, I keep seeing everybody recommend that guy's foam for this different keyboard.
0: Oh no. So are you trying it again with a different keyboard?
1: I'm considering it. You're considering
0: it. it, yeah.
1: I'm considering it. The only problem is, is that so I also have a problem with this keyboard, I didn't realize, uses different stabilizers. So the other keyboard used clip-ins. This one uses screw-ins. Yeah, so I you, can't you use keep the bringing up
0: stabilizers. I have no idea what so, that could even be.
1: So you ever, you ever use a space bar and it's like kind of rattly?
0: I can't say I have.
1: Okay. Well, my space bar is a little rattly and it bugs me. <laughs> <laughs> and so if I replace the stabilizer and put some grease on it, it fixes that. I've done that. That worked. That that worked. But it was on the other keyboard. You greased up
0: the space bar.
1: Yeah. It worked. So all of I your
0: keyboard it. problems are like auditory.
1: Well, the rattling is both auditory and feel. Okay. Because you, you could feel the rattle, you know. But but so the way that this keyboard works is since they're screw-ins, I have to take apart the whole thing anyway to replace the stabilizers. And so I figured while I'm in there. While
0: you're there, you might as well put the foam, try the foam. Might as well
1: put the foam in there. Yeah. Yeah. You know.
0: So has the foam, is it in transit? Has it been ordered? I haven't ordered it yet. Okay. I My recommend. you know what my recommendation is going to be. You're
1: going to tell me not to get the foam. I'm man.
0: actually going to tell you to get the foam because I want to come back yeah? next episode and hear what happens. Yeah. No, but common sense would say just leave it and have a functional keyboard because yeah. uh, there's really no guarantee that that the, the the end result will be any different than the first time around.
1: Yeah, it's it's just driving me nuts because everything else feels great except for the spacebar.
0: And you know you use it so often. I mean, for as many words as you type, you you are using uh-huh. that spacebar.
1: Yeah, like I really got to get in there with the grease. Yeah, but but now I got to buy these new stabilizers. Is the problem? So now the stabilizers that I bought are just useless
0: because they're for the previous keyboards (laughs) yeah
1: so if anybody wants a bent drop alt 65 percent low profile keyboard you know the email take it off my hands is it coming in at a discount like how much are you oh i'll take anything for it okay i'll take anything for it i'll throw in some switches i got i got uh, some extra i got some boba u4 t's did you just say boba t Boba U4T switches, yeah. Oh, okay, and then I also have some uh, Kale box whites. Those are what the that keyboard came with. So it's a whole doing, different
0: whole different language here.
1: We're doing just fine. <laughs> oh, we're doing just fine. Uh, you know who's not going to be doing fine is uh the AI. Let's 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 talk a little bit about that. Cool. Uh. So do you remember how last time was uh, super fucking depressing? Mm-hmm. It was maybe even more depressing in the edit I found <laughs> so <laughs> just condensed I I,
0: misery yeah
1: yeah, I guess I apologize for that listening experience. Um, I guess I thought it would be more interesting than depressing, but it was it was pretty dark it's pretty dark um but uh there's some good news uh, we can fight against AI art now. And how it steals against the actual artists so uh from the University of Chicago there is a little program called Nightshade and good name yeah what this does is it basically poisons the uh AI art generators and it does that by like so if you have any art that you want essentially like not just watermarked I guess it's not technically watermark, but like if you if you are an artist and you want your art like to post your art online and you don't want it to be scraped by AI, or if you just see it being scraped by AI as an inevitable inevitability, you could pass it through Nightshade, and this is a program you download. It doesn't go to the cloud or anything like that. Uh, and what this does is it changes the arrangement of the pixels, like at the pixel level. And basically makes it impossible for the AI algorithms to identify objects in the art.
0: Sounds like almost like a weird way of like encrypting the artwork.
1: Kind of. Yeah. And so then it sort of becomes useless for it. And so it'll tell it that it's like stuff that's completely unrelated to what the art actually is. And like part of the step whenever you pass it through Nightshade is you tell it generally like what your art is of so that nightshade knows and so that it'll know like how to scramble its pixels um and to the human eye you're not supposed to really notice a difference um i did it (laughs) i did it once just to see uh so i passed through uh the did it all for the moogle art i was gonna say (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) it's perfect perfect uh example to use yeah
1: yeah so um me personally i could tell but i was also like really zooming in and trying to find the differences uh but again like if you're just trying to like sort of watermark it and put it up for showcase online then it's fine right um and i just did that very quickly on my macbook air and it took like 15 minutes like unplugged and i have it on like power saver so i imagine if you have like a higher end like art computer or you know you plug it in like and have it on you know um higher power settings then uh it won't take that long um but they're also like improving it as well and it also has a windows version but i was just screwing around like in bed and <laughs> just decided to you know see what it would do um but yeah so like windows or um apple silicon uh, you can check out the uh, Nightshade from University of Chicago. They also have a uh, something called the Glaze Protection. I'm not exactly sure what that does because I did not screw around with that one. But I think that's supposed to be also some kind of more like watermarking, like protection. Um, but this is more like offensive, like weaponry to actually like fuck up the algorithm, which I am personally a fan of.
0: Yeah, it's very cool.
1: Yeah, um, and then something that I did to uh, this is less um art focused but something that i did for uh my website itself um and i wish i would have known about this much sooner um and i I actually don't know how effective this is like something like this where it's like actually like the methodology is explained like what they're doing um so the same way that like search engines have crawlers and that's where they find websites and generally you sort of want that to happen to make your website be discoverable and you know, search engine optimization and all that kind of shit. Uh, the AI algorithms are using a similar thing now to scour the internet and just jack your shit. And uh, so if you use, uh, like own a website, you know, or just a blog or whatever, and you can access your robots.txt file, uh, what you can do is go in there and basically tell it to block all requests from GPT, and um, it's it's a quick search to do the um, like specific strings that you need. It's it's like not very long. You just like copy and paste it. Um, but if you want to find the specific ones, uh, where was that website? I wasn't planning on talking about this, but uh, that's why I don't have it ready. Because I found this from um, Clark's World, the uh, science fiction magazine, uh, because we talked uh, at some point last year about how they were getting inundated. Uh, with submissions from AI writers, essentially. Just using like just trying to shit out uh AI stories. And they had to close down submissions for a, a time. And so up on uh their blog, uh, which I could I'll just put it in the description of this episode because it's very handy. Um just the the strings that you need to put into your robots.txt file on your website to block uh these different like Uh, even Facebook's AI and uh, TikTok's AI, which is just sort of also just crawling the web currently and just stealing shit, Uh, just sort of kind of unannounced and without asking. Uh, We don't really know how effective these are, but it's sort of better than
0: nothing. Can I interject with something? Um, Sure. Clark's World magazine. Yeah. Four time Hugo Award winner. (laughs)
1: Not surprising, yeah. <laughs>
0: just thought I just thought I'd bring that mm-hmm. bring that in,
1: yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, it, it has been a lot of a doom and gloom AI, especially for me. But um, you know, we could we could take the fight to them.
0: <laughs> no, it's very cool. It, it it's it's really fascinating how these mm-hmm. you know methods of of combating this come up and where it'll lead. I'm you know not sure. I mean, it's such like an overwhelmingly you know, it, it, it's it's such a large problem when it comes to art on the internet. Yeah. Um yeah, it's good to hear. Mm-hmm. So now so now this this image of um what is it? It's uh, Fred Durst. No, it's it, it's a Moogle dressed up as Fred Durst. Is that what it is?
1: That's correct. Yeah. And and
0: this is now protected from being stolen by AI.
1: It is, yeah. And it's and and Fred Durst's Moogle is actively poisoning AI. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> it doesn't solve all the, all
0: the world's problems, but it is it is something. No. No. Um,
1: should we have some fun? Were we not? Should we do some already? I don't know. I never know. I never know. I'm having fun, but I never know if anybody else is. <laughs> so let's do a little uh worse beats.
2: Damn son, where'd you find this? Holy shit. Garbage, yeah. but I can't stop listening. Yeah. This song is a war crime. If you're listening to this song, you are Shadow cursed for eternity. I have severe depression. You're the right place for shitty music.
1: I always forget how long it is. <laughs> Every damn time. Uh, yeah, so you watch the Grammys for some reason. I
0: don't know exactly when this started. I think it was around the beginning of COVID. Um, I just like made it a habit of watching the Grammy Awards. I've been doing mm-hmm. it for a number of years now. Um, you know, I, I do enjoy the performances, and it's mm-hmm. it's the reason I tune in. I really don't care very much about the awards themselves, although you know there there is a lot to say about the awards themselves. But it's just not the reason I tune in. Um, sure. But yeah, like this this, this year's Grammy Awards were uh, a step up, you know, at least mm-hmm. in my eyes from what we usually get. Um, the headlines, of course, revolve around Taylor Swift. Did they? They did, as they always mm. do. And it's, it's unfortunate, I think, because it takes away from a lot of like really special moments and, and things that happened this year. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's Taylor Swift winning album of the year again, uh, uh-huh. actually being now her fourth time and it's it makes her the, the winningest artist of all time in that category, which is the, the top category, you know, that's their best picture. That's their, sure. their end of the night award. And so she has now won more of those than anyone else in, in Grammy's history, which, you know, interpret <laughs> that how you will. Um, yeah. And then it's I, I, yeah. I go do ahead. have
1: to say, I have to say, I think it's funny that like how like dour you are about that now. It's wild. I don't think I've about, ever about about six months ago you would have been like maybe gloating about it. I
0: I've turned uh <laughs> I've t- I i do not know if I've ever turned on a celebrity as quickly as I have uh-huh. here. Um, at least one who hasn't don't
1: get me wrong. I I am all for it, but
0: you know that's excluding the that's ones who are, you know if like are like sexual offenders and shit yeah. and like when stuff yeah. comes out yeah. that's that's you know different but yeah um no her behavior's been atrocious lately um and so it, whenever i do want to like grasp on to what i did like about taylor swift she just makes it very difficult i mean as we record this today she's under fire because She's suing a college kid um, who runs a social media account who that you know taking public information about uh, flight paths and like. Oh,
1: she's doing the Elon thing. She's
0: she's exactly doing the Elon thing. She's following right in his footsteps. Yeah, Um, that's great you know she's going on to the grammys she's announcing a new album in the middle of the show and completely taking the news headlines and the spotlight away from everybody else Mm -hmm. um it's yeah it's just it's rough it's rough in the in the swifty realm sure (laughs) um i still the thing i struggle with the most is is the tragedy in brazil when when a fan died at her show and uh yeah, she was very quickly doing photo opportunities with the fans family and then posting on Instagram about how incredible that leg of the tour was. Um,
1: it's a little like I, I i don't know if I said this when we talked about it previously, but, you know, that meme of the TV flash where he's taking the selfie in front of the grave on set <laughs>
0: Yeah, and it's not as innocent as Justin Bieber at the um, Anne Frank Memorial, you know. Sure, sure. Um, that's coming from a from a good place, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think it was just you know he was young. Yeah, um, maybe. Yeah, so that you know that that took up a lot of the the discourse, but honestly, there were two things th- that happened at the Grammys that just like blew me away, and the, and the first one. Was uh, Joni Mitchell performing at the v- for the very first time at the Grammys?
1: I was gonna say I was like I'm I'm sure she's performed before.
0: Yes, um, but never at the <laughs> Grammys. Never. <laughs> okay. I took I took an unfortunate pause there. Um, um, just just uh, transcendent, really. Um, um, for, you know, for someone who's such a uh, a legend and has had such an impact on the industry that this award show celebrates. Or, you know, at least tries to claim that it celebrates. And, you know, where she is in her career, she's 80 years old. She's been through major, major health obstacles. Mm -hmm. Um, And just to have a moment like this was incredible. She played, uh, she performed both sides now, which I think lyrically is one of the greatest songs ever written. Um, and it's one that just takes on more significance as like time goes along. Like it's, it's, it's just, it's incredible. Um, so there was that. And then the other thing that really stood out to me was Tracy Chapman uh, performing Fast Car. Yeah. With. Uh, See,
1: that that penetrated my sort of sphere. I figured
0: either. it would. I figured, yeah, yeah, I thought it would. And it, this came about, I think, in part because Luke Combs, this country artist, did a cover of it that um, a lot of people really loved. And it was, you know, got a lot of radio play and stuff in the past year so you know, having her come and perform that with him turned into this like really, really wonderful and moving performance because, you know, he is so visibly like in awe of her and like worships her as an artist. And Mm -hmm. you could tell that he just felt so um happy to be sharing the stage with her. Mm -hmm. Um and then, you know, she hadn't performed this live, I believe, in, in quite a long time. Um, especially on such a such a stage. So that was really special too. Um and then you had like a, a very lengthy but 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 really uh moving in memorial where you had um uh Stevie Wonder pay tribute to Tony Bennett and you had a Sinead O'Connor tribute that was really wonderful. Mm. Um, so like for me this year, the Grammys were like the power of it came from like saluting the older artists that have been around for a very long time and maybe haven't fully gotten their due, at least in this sphere. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just worked really well. Um, and to me that those are the real takeaways. It's it's not it's not the Taylor Swift's uh machine. Right. Um, so do you happen to know which artist won the most Grammy Awards on Sunday? Um, if you had to take a guess, no, no, I don't mean most nominated cause SZA was the most nominated, mm. um, and rightfully so. I think she was snubbed for album of the year, the one that Taylor picked up, but that's, that's, you know, a whole different thing. But who won the most? If you had to guess,
1: um, if it's not Taylor Swift, it has to be like a producer or something. It is fantastic. Phoebe Bridgers. <laughs> really?
0: Yeah. So she won three awards with Boy Genius and hmm. she won a fourth award, which put her over the edge because four was the the highest for mm-hmm. any single person. Um, her fourth award was with uh, SZA because she featured on a song that, oh. that had won an award. So um, I thought that was really cool. Mm hmm. I was a little scared for Phoebe because she um, was in the audience and there was uh, – so SZA was performing Kill Bill and they did like a whole uh, like stunt choreography choreography thing where um, this woman just jumps up on a table and pulls out a sword and starts doing all these crazy moves. And, you know, it's, I'm sure it's a fake sword, but we're talking inches away from Phoebe's face. Inch- really? Inches. <laughs> um, I wonder how that – like what the notice was there. I'm sure – everyone had to have been aware that this was going to happen.
1: You got to. Right? Yeah. Right. Especially after the whole, uh, what's his face at the uh, Oscars? Will Smith? Yeah.
0: Well, speaking of Will Smith. Oh God. Well, no, I just, uh, there was really one of them probably, I would say the most um, unfortunate thing that happened was with Killer Mike, um, the rapper who won, I think three Grammys on Sunday. He won three Grammys. Mm. One of them was, uh, rap album of the year So he, he basically had A career night in terms of like This award show and Just a really significant Impact on you know the music World and the Grammys this year mm-hmm. He was taken away in handcuffs Before the broadcast even started And and arrested um,
1: like, a- like actually? Like
0: actually and uh, you know because the news reports Came out I think this was around like 8 o'clock So right you know around when the show Was starting um, he would won the awards in the pre-show, which that's a whole thing, and 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 Jay Z had touched upon that in his sort of scathing Wait, best rap albums in the pre-show. Yes, it was. Huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Uh huh. Um. That's yeah. That's, that's some like
1: game awards kind of bullshit. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, which I I really appreciated Jay Z uh, using his platform to just go off on the Grammys and the Academy for. Mm-hmm. A variety of reasons. Uh, but so it we later learned that it was some sort of misdemeanor. There was some sort of altercation with like a security person um, at the awards. At the, yeah, either going into or at the venue. Mm. And so, but my understanding is also that nobody was like injured and it wasn't really a significant thing. And so it's just wild to me that this was, this night was like taken away from him.
1: Yeah. So like, was somebody actually pressing charges or like, what was the.
0: I don't have the full, I wish I had the full
1: details. I think
0: they might not even be fully available because as of Sunday night, nobody, nobody knew why this happened um and it you know, I bring up Will Smith because, like, you know, this is just—it's the only other real prominent award show incident that I can think of. But Will Smith assaulted a dude on live TV and then just was able to sit down front row and enjoy the rest of the show, um, right. and even <laughs> even make an acceptance speech uh, <laughs> later that night. Um, so about that part, yeah, yeah, he did. I think he won yeah. like Best it's Actor just, or something. <laughs> or No, no, not you know, even. It was like a. Yeah. It was like a Lifetime Achievement Award or something, if I remember. Jesus delay. god. Um but the point is like how does this this is not okay because by all accounts whatever happened with with this artist not nearly to you know that significant.
1: Yeah, a misdemeanor like yeah. Exactly.
0: I, I it to, to be taken away in handcuffs. Yeah. At a award show is just I feel like people maybe I'm not in the right places online but i feel like there isn't enough outrage about that um
1: uh, well i mean i had no idea it even happened so i don't know yeah yeah see i just
0: feel like there should be more outrage about that um because they they took away his like a very very significant night mm-hmm. in his career and he's someone who's very politically charged and you know he's complicated politically so you know he, it that's a whole thing it's uh, honestly neither here nor there the point was if anyone could have used the grammy platform for something interesting it, it probably would have been him mm. um but instead he's i guess spending the night in a local jail it, it, for a it,
1: misdemeanor it. i doubt it
0: oh so probably released yeah um, even so even so he was removed from the venue, yeah. from the award show that he actually, so he would have, he's right up there with, with the artists who won the most awards last night. I mean, he's, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's wild. I think it's actually unacceptable. Um, But
1: yeah, that's pretty crazy. You know who is doing a lot with their platform? Who? That's our boy, you know, Miles.
0: You know, what a week for music. Like you have Joni Mitchell's first ever Grammy performance Mm -hmm. And in the same week, you have, you know, Miles first ever late night performance, not not performance, but well,
1: well, yeah. okay. so our boy, you know him, you love him. We've been talking about this guy for a long long time now. Uh, He made his way onto uh, The Tonight Show with James Fallon. Um, Sort of. I I sent this to you. uh, Well I told you about it Uh, I genuinely thought this was fake uh, And it's still kind of hard to believe it's real But this is from The You Know Miles uh, YouTube channel
2: Oh my god This one is my jam dude You're gonna freak out You're gonna freak out This is the jam Okay this is a rapper called uh, You Know Miles Oh You Know Miles uh, let's take a listen to a song that he wrote. It's called Payday. This is a goodie. I get paid every day on the week. Why does lady hate on me? All I need is six hot weeks. And don't you dare forget the calamari. No Justin Bieber, but I'm sorry. They say they can't hide, but they not hiding the high mark, All I really need is six hot weeks. Looking at my work. <laughs>
0: So that's basically it. It's it's fun when the late night team picks up on like a social media thing that happened like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Because that's a, you know, that's a, that's a classic. That's classic, you know, mm-hmm. that's like one of his, his staples. That's one Of the, uh, I think the, the tracks that really catapulted him, but we're talking like 2022, (laughs) I feel. Right.
1: Well, I don't think Jimmy Fallon was going to play four wheeler. True. Yeah. You are,
0: you are restricted in that way. Um, yeah,
1: but I just hate how he's like, he's literally like slamming his head on the desk in like fake laughter. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I know. Come on. Like you've you heard this in pre-production? Like, let's come on, you know.
0: It's like someone on their writing team just like found him on TikTok or di- you know discovered him on TikTok, right. and now he's
1: got to like play along with us. Yeah, because I'm sorry, but right. Jimmy
0: Fallon is not appreciating.
1: No, the, that's what that's what bugs here. me about it. No, and I'm not saying that we're like ahead of the curve or like we discovered him, right? Because well, we were
0: we were he's on in the a curve.
1: We were on the curve. <laughs> but he's like in a stratosphere, you know? Yeah. Like to to me he is so far like past Jimmy Fallon, you know? Absolutely. And yeah, like you said like Jimmy Fallon doesn't actually get it.
0: No, he doesn't. This is treated like America's funniest home videos or something. Yeah. This is treated like a throwaway look what we found on TikTok. And mm-hmm. and you know is is so so much more than that.
1: Right. Like the prop department had to make a fake you know miles like vinyl sleeve because i know he doesn't have vital records i know he's not producing those and selling those (laughs) you know like come on like he's doing that he's holding it up the same way he held up that fucking ape nft yeah you know yeah like come on it's just so artificial
0: but you know what? If this leads to more people discovering, you know, then it's ultimately for the better.
1: It is. It is. And you know, I wasn't even going to bring it up. I like sent it to like I told you about it because I was like, I can't believe this is kind of real. Uh, but then, as we were getting ready for the show today, I was on YouTube again. Uh, but then something else dropped. Mm-hmm. Mark mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm.
2: Shout out Jimmy Fallon, tell him I said thank you. Hey, uh, 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 uh. tell Jimmy Fallon I said thank you. Uh, 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 uh. Go tell Jimmy Fallon, Sketchers. <laughs> Go tell Jimmy Fallon, Spaghettios. <laughs> Go tell Jimmy Fallon, I said thank you. Go tell Jimmy Fallon, I said thank you. Go tell Jimmy Fallon, brick wall. <laughs> Go tell Jimmy Fallon, you know, mom said baked beans. <laughs> Working beans. I just called Jimmy Fallon and said salad dressing. I just called Jimmy Fallon and said brick onions. just called Jimmy Fallon. He said smack your grandma. Hey, <laughs> I'm about to change my name to Fallon Jimmy. Hey, <laughs> hey, I should change my name to Fallon Jimmy on purpose, dog. Shout out Jimmy Fallon. Tell him I said thank you. Hey, uh, 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 uh. tell Jimmy Fallon I said thank you. Uh, 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 uh. Go tell Jimmy Fallon, sketch <laughs> go tell Jimmy Fallon, SpaghettiOs. <laughs> go tell Jimmy Fallon, I said thank you. Go tell Jimmy Fallon, I said thank you. Hey, just shout out Jimmy Fallon. Right after this, I'm about to go on the smack and spree. I'm smacking my mama, my dad, my grandma, my uncle, my great uncle, my great niece, my youngest niece, my oldest niece, my oldest uncle, my youngest uncle. I'm smacking all of them. Shout out Jimmy Fallon for this. I'm going on a smack and spree. <laughs> hey, let me get an order of that. Uh, Pepper chicken. Wait, you eat pepperjack chicken? Yeah, eat pepperjack chicken. Yeah, eat that pepperjack chicken. Oh yeah, eat pepperjack chicken, do you? Yeah, eat pepperjack chicken, do you? Yeah, eat that pepperjack chicken, do you? Yeah, eat that pepperjack chicken, do you? Do you?
1: Uh, that beats smooth. It's so good. Um
0: also like more more smacking of family members than on that family dish track, which I mean that's impressive. Oh, he's on
1: a smacking spree. He said <laughs> tell Jimmy Fallon I'm on the smacking spree. It is a smacking it's because spree. of Jimmy Fallon, he's on the smacking spree. Uh yeah, like I like I said, he's he's in a level so far beyond Jimmy Fallon's comprehension.
0: Like this turnaround time puts South Park to shame. Yeah. You yeah. know, like it's, inc- <laughs> really? it's, it's incredible writing. I mean,
1: yeah, this is literally two, uh, uh, YouTube says two hours ago. This is hot off the press. Oh man. Yeah.
0: That's great. Um, just a, just a wonderful week for music, you know? I mm-hmm. mean, just like all the yeah. things are happening. Oh
1: man. I think that was a show.
0: Well, no. Do, do you think, you know, has a best new artist nomination coming in the near future, like with the Grammys?
1: Well, now that he's got that sort of old media sort of cachet.
0: Right? That's kind of what I'm thinking. Building yeah. up the prestige. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I think that's a show.
1: <laughs> I think it's a show. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for so much for listening. Really do appreciate it. Uh, Make sure you check out first episode of Did It All for the Moogle. It's wherever you get your podcasts. And also the Dead and Road YouTube channel. Uh, current schedule is to have at least one a month. But that is the tricky thing about... <laughs> devoting a podcast... ...to a subject that takes at least 30 hours. And on a good day... ...maybe 100 hours. Uh, next episode will be... ...basically nothing but Persona 3. I don't. I shouldn't say basically. It's going to be Persona 3. Uh, because currently I have four pages of single-spaced notes... And I've played the game for eight hours, so you could sort of extrapolate there. I'll probably play for a hundred (laughs) hours.
0: So you're looking at 50
1: pages. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. If if that trend continues, um, I need help. Yeah. That's what that is. is. Oh, this entire (laughs) podcast has
0: a cry for help at this point. (laughs) Fucking foam. (laughs)
1: Check out DenitRoad.media. <laughs> you can find all the shows there. Uh also the bookstore blogs and some fiction I'm posting up on there. You could subscribe and get notified when literally any of that goes live. Um, also up on the site, I put up my rates for uh developmental uh copy editing and other publishing services, and also some details about those services. Uh so you could email me at publishing at and uh, we could talk about it. Ah, uh, let's see. You got anything to plug? I never ask you. <laughs> um,
0: hmm. It's <sighs> a good question. Um, maybe yeah. I'll start. Maybe I'll start coming prepared with something.
1: Yeah, I put you on the spot.
0: Yeah, that's fine. Um, I I want to plug YouTube Music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, really? Which I just got a trial for Because I want to listen to more Joni Mitchell uh-huh. And um, she is still standing firm On the um, Spotify ban after Joe Rogan <laughs> Okay Which I uh, respect
1: Respect Yeah, absolutely
0: yeah. Um, Although I might just end up buying her music And just having it um, Sure Because I think that's probably That makes the most sense
1: I'm surprised with that new iPhone You didn't try out Apple Yeah
0: yeah, there's, I'm, you know. I'm
1: quite happy with the Apple music as an Android user, which is crazy. That is that is interesting. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I don't actually want to plug YouTube music. It's it's kind of a bullshit service. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. I did like Trevor Noah's joke at the, you know, in the opening monologue about, um, did he say TikTok is screwing over artists?
1: Oh, I have no idea.
0: So he's like, yeah, TikTok, you shouldn't be screwing over artists. That's that's Spotify's job, you know? Okay, Um, yeah, sure. So yeah, I thought you were going to have that whole universal TikTok thing as part of the show this week. No,
1: no. Yeah, because, you know, I had an inkling maybe you did, but uh, no, it didn't happen. But see, they're getting their comeuppance because I've been talking about that for a long time. How could all this music just be there? See,
0: I was right. It's true, (laughs) although I'm pretty sure that... (laughs) there's too much money at stake where they're gonna they're gonna resolve that we'll see you don't think so
1: i think that the that umg is gonna do what these record labels do and they're gonna want too much money mm-hmm. and TikTok, in their quest for infinite growth will say no because that will save us money and that we are the product not the music
0: yeah and their their quest and for they're gonna
1: be and they're gonna be wrong <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> because people love putting the music over top of their tiktoks do you know how copyright
0: claims i've gotten yeah do you know how many silent tiktok videos there are now on the platform right. <laughs> it is astonishing uh-huh um taylor swift alone sure like if you just if you ju- if it was just taylor swift which i mean it basically is Right, um, just staggering, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but uh, no, I think I think TikTok's quest for I- infinite uh, growth, as you say, is already the main cause of of the app deteriorating quality with the, the TikTok shop. It's it's very
1: oh sure, it's
0: rampant and it's it's not good.
1: Oh yeah, because this is what happens. They they got the user base and now they can just sort of tighten the screws it's it's
0: a damn shame because early covid um you know i i loved that platform so much because i was just finding you know people with like interesting stories and perspectives and you know just just you know people on there just because it's a a thing to do in quarantine and um it felt very uh like raw and just like personal and and now this Mm -hmm. you know now it's 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 losing that more and more by the day but
1: yeah we'll see yeah there we go we talked about it we did <laughs> all right yeah that's gonna do it for us uh, thank you so much for listening uh we'll see you next time check it check out did it all for the moogle uh check out the website yep that's it all right Bye. <laughs>